Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because I'm fine. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is Season 5, Episode 8. A great episode today we have on um, Lisa Wilding-Brown, who is the CEO of Innovate. Um, She's been CEO since September, although I mistakenly during the interview thought she'd been CEO for over a year. Honestly, if you think about it, it, we're in some sort of time warp. It's felt like a year since September. (laughs) That's true, and she's been really had that role, I guess, those job responsibilities a lot longer. If you don't know Lisa, you should. You should reach out to her on LinkedIn, but she's also um, on the SMR Council, and she is an Insights Association laureate, and she's involved in WIRE and a million other things, and she's a friend of the podcast and a friend of EMI, and happy to have her on. If you have any guest suggestions, topic suggestions, feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1. You can call or text 513-401-5463. Anything else you'd like to maybe preview the interview, Brian? No, I think it was a good conversation. She kind of gave us some background on how long it kind of took to get for that investment to finally land, which was interesting. Yeah, so they're in the news. They um, obtained some investment money um, from um, a partner in Chicago, and she talks at length about how and why, and um, she wouldn't divulge all the fun things they're going to do with the money, but um, she did give us some good insight. And so um, with no further ado, here is Lisa. Joining me now, I am so excited, as always, to have Lisa Wilding-Brown from Innovate on, CEO of Innovate. And I'm not going to list off all your other accomplishments, but hey, thanks for joining, Lisa. Thank you so much, Brian. It's great to be back on the podcast. I've missed you guys. Uh, I miss you so much. And I don't think last time I got to see you, um, maybe I did, but it's really good to see you on the podcast. We, we were recording this on Zoom, so I get to kind of see her. Um, so Lisa's on, I think primarily kind of to talk about all the awesome things that, that are happening and Innovate, but we noticed in the news recently that you announced an investment to kind of support your growth. And maybe we can hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've been very busy over here. It's been a very exciting uh, few months for us over here at Innovate. So yeah, we, we've partnered with an incredible private equity firm known as CIBC. They're based in Chicago um, and they're, they've been fantastic. We really are so, so pleased. So it's, it's been a journey to get here for sure. Um, you know, I've been involved historically in other jobs, raising funding. So it wasn't my first oh. rodeo, um, but certainly my first rodeo as CEO, uh, raising <laughs> investment. <laughs> so the last six months have really been a whirlwind for us. And I'm just really so thrilled and excited to have landed with such fantastic partners. I'm excited about our future here at Innovate. It's going to be a really fantastic ride. Yeah. So uh, for someone that's not been involved in that process at all, 
that's amazing. You have background of that. That's why you're maybe CEO. Tell us how that kind of happens. How does, what's the process of kind of, um, hey, we might need some funding to do A, B, and C. And how do we kind of get there? How does that kind of work? Yeah, it is a process. Let me tell you. I mean, I think the first step is to make sure that all of the major stakeholders at any business are on the same page and agree um, and have that consensus. And that can be harder um, you know, to achieve than, than some might think. But lucky for us, um, you know, Matt, Greg, George, and Michael all agreed that now was the right time for us to ex- explore investment. You know, historically, as an eight-year-old company, we've been completely self-funded and independent. Um, and that was something we weren't shy to share with people when they asked, you know, what our, our background was and, and the framework for the business and how we were, where we were at today. Um, but it really became very evident to us that we were at a really important time in our business and it was really time to pursue investment. And so um, we started getting together a lot in the summer talking about what that would look like. Uh, we worked with an incredible company known as Capstone um, as our investment banker, and they were fantastic to work with. So hi to the, to the Capstone team if they're listening. They were really, really great. Um, and you work together to sort of collate all of the materials that are needed to, to raise investment. And let me tell you, there's a lot of information that's required <laughs> um, anytime you're, you're looking to raise um, funding for your business. And then I just started really meeting with lots and lots of different companies. I mean, I, you know, I think the investment community is very interested in the market research and insights industry. Um, it's a, a fast growing industry and um, not to suggest that we're pandemic proof, but if you compare us against other industries, certainly there's been a lot of great momentum in our space and, and growth in our space. And so we've been hit up by private equity firms for many, many years. Um, but this time around, it was really about meeting with the right partner. So um, essentially, I was pitching to a lot of different businesses um, for for many, many weeks. Um, and that was quite an experience. Um, so if you saw me or, or were connected with me this past quarter, Q4, I was really, really busy. So I'm sorry if I flaked out on a meeting or uh, flaked out on a conference. I was, I was really, really quite busy trying to, um, you know, really find and, and secure the right partner. So met with a lot of different firms. And um, when I met CIVC, I just knew instantly that they were going to be the right partner for us. Really incredible acumen uh, and a really valuable partner uh, so far. And they just ask really great questions and they're very curious about our business and excited about our business and our industry. So, uh, and I think too, Brian, it's, there's a real nice alignment with our culture and their culture. And that to me is something that's so, so important. You hear of other companies that raise investment. And if it's not a good fit from a cultural perspective, it can really go off the rails. So for us, it was important, not just finding funding and, and investment, but really finding the right partner. And I think we, we really achieved both, um, very, very excited about it. So. I'm glad you mentioned that, um, I've known Matt, Greg and George and yourself for a while. And I think that adding a partner that's so complimentary and shares kind of the same values from a culture standpoint would be super important to those guys. Oh, um, 100%. Cause they've been through this before, right? This is mm-hmm. not their first time um, owning a market research company and trying to really rapidly grow. That's why typically why you um, do this. I, I I think the culture aspect is really an underrated thing that I probably, I wouldn't initially think of as someone that would look go down that path, but I think it's probably stands out when you're talking to a bunch of different firms, right? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's, there's a lot of great firms out there, but I think it's, it's so key to find the one that's a great fit for you and your team. Um, you know, CIVC are not what I would call operators of the business. They're here as partners to, to give us guidance, um, and, and help us look at our business from different angles. And, and they've really done, done that, uh, very quickly and, and very, in a very helpful way. Um, but you know, it's really important to take the time to, to make sure you've, you've really landed on the right partnership. And, and, you know, I give the guys a lot of kudos because they've always been very fiercely protective of the wonderful culture that we have. I mean, everyone has horror stories of working at different companies in, in their past lives where maybe the experience wasn't great. Um, you didn't feel supported. You didn't feel like you had a strong management team or there were a lot of silos and us versus them. I mean, we all, I think, have worked at companies historically where we may have observed those types of dynamics. And so when you have the power of building a business from scratch, like we did, we, we made a decision very early on that we wanted to be a different type of company. We wanted to be a place that makes room for both people's personal and professional lives. And, and that can be difficult in this industry. This industry is very fast paced. It's very demanding. Um, and, and, you know, everyone wants expedited results and, and it moves at the speed of light and that can be difficult to kind of achieve that balance. But, um, I think the team and I have done a really good job of, of hopefully supporting our staff and, and, and the team and, and really work as, as one really strong unit. Um, and I think it's just about making that decision early on in, in the business that you want to be that different type of company. You want to be a people first <laughs> business. Um, and, and I think we've achieved that. So, and, and I think we've landed with great partners that, that really believe in that ethos as well. And that's super critical as we grow. And I, I feel like that seems quick to me. You said you started thinking about it last summer. So it's, you know, six, nine months later is when you're announcing it. Sometimes I can't make, I can't buy a new car in six to nine months. So I feel like that in some ways that seems fast, but maybe appropriate if you've been through this before. Um, but good job to your team. And, you know, I think that's a great move for you guys. Um, so awesome for everybody. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And I'm going to come back to it if that's okay. Yeah. So during this, you're new as a CEO, right? That's interesting. I want to hear kind of what your first, I guess it's been a year or so ish that you've been CEO. Like what's it been like on the job other than maybe the, that business side of it? Like what, what else have you enjoyed? What, what's going on as CEO? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was officially announced CEO last September. So it's actually been only a few months. Oh, right. Uh, that was only CEO for four months. This time, you're losing this. track of time, Brian. Oh my gosh. I thought, you know, sometimes I think I'm off by like half or double. This is off by like exponentially worse than that. So I apologize, Lisa. Maybe it's because you've been acting as like a CEO for a year plus. Yeah, yeah. That I think, you know, that it was made official September 1st of, okay. of this last year. But you're right. You know, I think we... We had been talking about me becoming CEO for, for a long time prior to that. It wasn't just something that happened overnight. There was a lot of preparation involved to, to get me to that right place so that I would be ready for such a big role. Um, but it's been fantastic. I have to say, you know, I went in with a little bit of trepidation like anyone would. It's it's new. It's different. It's it's unknown territory. I've never been a CEO before, at least not officially. 
although I am kind of the CEO of my household. So I have that experience. <laughs> experience yeah. yeah. CEO of, of Kean and Gavin and, and my husband, Alan, don't tell him I said that. Um, but you know, I, I, it's just been a, a thrill. I mean, we had a fantastic Q4, really incredible growth, record-breaking growth, in fact. And, and so I think that's a testament that, you know, I've been in the business since it started. Uh, I've had pretty much every role in this company um, at one at one time. And so I think there's a level of street cred that you you establish when you you've really kind of gone up through the ranks. You know, I started my career as a project manager um, about 20 years ago, fielding and, and running projects um, for Harris Interactive. So it's been a it's been a great long ride. Um, and and the first few months were really very exciting for for me and for the team. Made a lot of changes. We rounded out our executive team, adding in some key people that I thought were really important to have a seat at the table. Um, we did some optimization in terms of our technology. Um, acquired many new clients through Q4. Um, and we really made the commitment that we were going to do a better job in terms of communicating um, company performance and goals. And so we meet every other month as an entire global team and talk about our, our status and how we're doing and the progress that we're making. I think that's really important. People need to understand how what they do day to day is having an impact into the performance of the business. And, and how we're executing against those goals. And so that's been my commitment that I made to our team. I, I think it's really, really important. And I think that's really created a great dynamic. And, and I think our success in Q4 of last year is a testament to that, that open, transparent communication that I don't think, quite honestly, a lot of companies do. I think they keep that pretty close to the vest. And yeah. I think as a result, a lot of people feel disconnected on how their job role impacts the performance of the business. And so we've really tried to, to remove those barriers so that everyone understands what the goals are and, and how the work we do day in and day out is helping to achieve those goals and take a moment to really celebrate them. So even though we weren't able to gather together as a team um, for our annual holiday party, we had a really fun party online uh, where we did some trivia and then did some um, team awards. And it was a really great way to finish off a, a tremendous year. Um, so we're going to continue to to really focus on that transparency and communication as we make our way into 2022. Yeah, I want to talk about 2022, but also I love it that you all had a record year. And I have the opinion that <laughs> sampling and market research is not a zero sum game. I think that if we were all um, trying to improve our each respective companies and the industry that we lift up the entire industry. And I think there's so much room for the entire industry to grow. We can all have record-breaking years if we keep pushing each other and driving innovation and we have talented people like you at the helm. So good job to close out, Lisa. I'd love to hear maybe about 2022. Um, what are your plans this year? What are, what are you going to do with all this new money that you guys have? What's going on? <laughs> um, it's burning a hole in my pocket. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. We're being really thoughtful um, about how we invest, where we invest. I think that's really important um, is to put a blueprint and a framework for the success that we look to achieve this year. Uh, again, I think people move so quickly in this space. They don't take the time to really put out a strategy. And, and really think through all of the different initiatives that roll up, that ladder up into those, those goals. So that's really what we've been spending a, a lot of time on uh, in the early part of this year is just revisiting the goals, 
pushing ourselves, uh, stretching um, so that we can really continue down this growth trajectory. Um, and in terms of where we plan to invest, certainly our panel. So pointclub.com recently got a refresh um, just last week that we're really excited about. So Sandy, Casey, and the, and the rest of our awesome panel team have been working very hard to, to really upgrade our panel site um, and, and implement some new game mechanics to really help create a better participant experience and to draw out higher levels of engagement and, and retention. Um, so certainly panel investment is gonna be, you know, something we continue to focus on, um, both on consumer and B2B, because we do a lot of B2B research for our clients. And I think that's a pretty underserved area in the industry in terms of options for buyers of sample. So that's something that we'll continue to focus on as well as healthcare. Um, we, we do a lot of um, both patient and caregiver work uh, for our clients. And so now with the new upgraded panel, we're going to really double down on our profiling because our goal is really to provide a great user experience for, for our panel participants. And, and that can be challenging in this industry. I mean, we, that could be a whole different podcast in itself, right? Yeah. Uh, so I won't get into all of the dynamics around that, but we need to do a better job as an industry is the net net there. And it starts with us. And if we can lead the charge on that, others can take a, a page out of our book, then that's, like you said, a great thing for not only us, but for the entire industry and everyone that operates and relies on this ecosystem for insights. Um, and then the other piece that we're going to continue to focus on is, is growing our vision suite. So adding um, new programming capabilities, new reporting capabilities, additional fraud mitigation tools. Uh, we really want to be the best in breed when it comes to uh, DIY technology. And, uh, and so, you know, investing in that, uh, makes perfect sense for us because it really is all about, you know, the democratization of insights. And, and certainly there are certain use cases where it makes sense to, um, go down more traditional, uh, avenues to do the research, but there is definitely a market for quick pulse research, um, quick turnaround uh, insights. And, and I think our, our vision platform is a really great fit for that need. I love that you mentioned um, Point Club and that you're doing a refresh and really focusing on the respondent experience. I think that um, that's really key is that if you can improve that respondent experience, like you said, we could do a whole podcast on it, but extend the lifeline, the loyalty of a panelist will just drive so much better insights. And I hope you don't change the name of Point Club. I love the name Point Club. Mm. Our podcast um, focuses a lot on name changes. So we're marketing too much <laughs> no, it's the same Point Club. I won't, I won't do a switch up on you. Oh, um, good. Awesome. You got that commitment, Brian. It's our first commitment from someone. I got that. Name no change. It's going to keep all the vowels and consonants. Yep, got it. <laughs> that's so key. Um, no, that's awesome. I think 2022 is going to be such a big year for you guys. And that, what a great vision. You explain it really well and concise. Um, so awesome. Um, one more kind of topic before I let you get back to work to your busy world. Um, you did a state of DIY research study. Maybe Tell our listeners a little bit more about that. It sounds exciting. It sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. So we launched a study recently that's really trying to understand what does the DIY buyer look like today? What what, what do they need to, to really um, facilitate and reach their goals? Um, and, uh, but we're <laughs> excited and we'll be sharing the results out. I want everyone um, to, to understand what, what is the state of DIY? What are, what are clients thinking and feeling about 
this type of technology and where do they see it fitting within their tool belts? Um, so we're, we're really excited about it and we hope that we can get more folks to complete the survey. That, that's amazing research. I'm so glad that you all are doing it. Um, I tend to focus more on the respondent side of things, but you were focusing on the buyer side and trying to lift everybody up. And if you're going to share those results, it's amazing because um, I'm sure there's a lot, you'll get a lot of good open ends and frustrations with the DIY process. And um, I think it's a great piece of research. What a great way to kind of, it's almost giving like giving back to the industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm inspired by, you know, being on the council um, for SMR. Yeah. SMR does a ton of incredible work, um, um, research on research, and shares that with the entire global community. In fact, we're doing a campaign right now. We're really trying to promote membership into SMR. I've got to say, it is a fabulous world organization that really just adds tremendous value. So if you're on the fence about joining SMR, for folks that are listening in, reach out to me. I'd love to, to share my own perspective and experiences being part of SMR. I think it's a fantastic organization and hoping that we can get more folks to join it because it's a wonderful research resource for research like I just described. They've done a lot of great work. I'm glad you plugged it because I completely agree. You guys are doing great stuff. We, we should have you back on to talk more about that kind of stuff at some point. But um, I want to thank you so much for your time. How can people reach you? Um, LinkedIn? Yeah, I love yeah. new LinkedIn connections. So don't be <laughs> shy. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, or you can reach me via email at lisa at innovatemr.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was such an insightful podcast. I really appreciate you coming on, Lisa. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Brian and Brian. It's great to see you guys again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.